0: You can find that in your Pew Bibles on page 993. For those of you who are visiting, we are in a series covering 1 Timothy, working through verses and chapters, chapters and verses. children here are your questions for this morning first who are christians to serve over all others second is there any area in our lives that does not belong to jesus and three should christians show respect to their bosses and teachers 1 Timothy chapter 6 beginning in verse 1 this is the word of God Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who, f- who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. There ends the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. Lord our God, we do thank you for your holy word. We thank you that your word addresses every single area of our lives, Lord, from things that have to do with our eternal life to things that have to do with our daily ins and outs. Lord, we pray now as we've read your word, we have heard from you already, and we pray that the sermon would reflect the truth that you would have us all receive this morning. And so please be with the preacher. Please send your Holy Spirit in a special way to help the preacher, and also minister to us in a special way, all of us who will hear this morning. Speak to us, we pray, send your Holy Spirit, and we come to you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God in his scripture addresses every area of life, from that which is profoundly spiritual and intense to some everyday kinds of things, the mundane things we might say. Scripture addresses the condition of our souls. Scripture addresses where we will spend eternity. And of course, those things are answered through the work of Christ who who wins new life for us, so to speak, that has to do with salvation in Christ. But for Christians, since we are saved through Christ and we belong to Christ, every area of our life is in submission to him. We have life in Christ. And so while we consider things that have to do, again, with the most profound things that we could ever imagine, even the mundane things are significant when it comes to our service to Christ, whether we eat or whether we drink. What we do in the workplace, which is actually the focus of our passage this morning is significant and either we can bring honor to god in the way we conduct ourselves in the workplace or we can bring dishonor to god in the way that we conduct ourselves much of first timothy is written directly to timothy so that he knows as a young pastor in ephesus how to manage the church how to oversee the church and in our passage here he's also told to teach these things but here there's direct attention given to servants. Servants or bond servants can be tra- uh, translated slaves. Direction to them precisely, but indirectly to all who would live for Christ. Now in other places, Paul addresses the issue of masters and slaves. So I want you to quickly turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six, just to see what that looks like. Because it's important that both masters and slaves who are in Christ understand that ultimately they both have one master and that is God himself so Ephesians 6 verses 5 to 9 bond servants obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ not by way of eye service as people pleasers but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Ultimately, one master. This morning we'll stick to the issue of being servants or being individuals in the workplace who are not in the position of authority, in other words, bosses. Now, the nature of slavery in in Roman times was maybe not what we would expect. Uh, Slavery here or doulos is a voluntary or involuntary service, and it can be to the benefit of those who are in bondage to their master's but we need to get out of our minds the idea of of chattel slavery that wicked chattel slavery that we're most familiar with uh, that i believe anyway should should be dealt with directly it should be overthrown maybe even with radical measures uh, that wicked chattel type of slavery that turns people into animals but that's that's not what's going on here uh, here we are understand that that there were 50 to 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire, about a third of the population at the time. And actually trending in culture was slaves being set free. Slavery then didn't necessarily mean lifelong bondage, uh, but it could end in freedom after all. In fact, if you could get your freedom, that was a good thing social standing wasn't sharply distinct between all masters and slaves in fact in, in many ways they had equal rights uh, there wasn't this sharp casting slaves could own property slaves could even own slaves so slaves themselves could be masters so that played into this as well uh, in ephesus obviously there would be a high percentage of slaves and bond servants numbers in the churches to which paul was writing Nonetheless, it was bond service. Nonetheless, it was, it was subservience to masters. And again, if it wasn't ideal, they would and were encouraged to pursue their freedom. But the important thing for us to remember, like everything else in the Christian life, that all that we do should be subservient ultimately to Christ. In other words, our bond service to Christ is supreme over all of our service to anything else in life because that's true it's no surprise that god addresses occupations our callings in life our vocations i'm very thankful for our small groups too that i'm a part of because i get to hear from you who are part of the workaday world i have had jobs in the past but for the last 30 some years i've been employed by the church I work for the church. I work for the elders and the deacons and for you, but you all are out in the workplace, and so it's good for me to hear from you. It was my privilege through the last year in what we call Up and Adam or our men's early morning group to pray over the men before they went out into their workaday world, knowing that they're going to face challenges, knowing that they're out to glorify God, to serve well in their places of employment. We had some retired guys, and it was interesting to think about how exactly to pray for them for their golf game. Uh, That aside, retired people have plenty of responsibility, so we pray for them too. Also in front load, it was very good for me to hear the way that our people who are in the workaday world process God's word and how they understand how it applies to their life out in the world, so to speak. One of our people in the group regarding this passage wrote this, One station in life does not affect or alter God's commandments or expectations for the believer. It offers no excuse for behavior that does not reflect the life of Christ. A low station is not an occasion for bitterness and envy, nor is a high one a reason for pride and arrogance. I thought that was put so well. He wasn't in our front load group, which is our small group Bible study. But because it's John Calvin's birthday tomorrow, I want to quote him as well, who had a great sense of the Christian work ethic. He wrote this. We should note that the Lord, the Lord commands every one of us in all the actions of our life to be faithful to our calling. For he knows that the human mind burns with restlessness that it is swept easily hither and thither, and that its ambition to embrace many things at once is insatiable. Therefore, to prevent that general confusion being produced by our folly and boldness, he has appointed to everyone his particular duties in the different spheres of life, and that no one might rashly go beyond his limits. He has called such spheres of life vocations or callings, every individual sphere of life therefore is a post assigned to him by the lord that's not to say that people should not have ambition not to try to work their ways up in position the, the point is to serve the lord faithfully according to the call that they have in the time and the place that they're serving now this may be easy to say for someone like me but uh, even the most burdensome situations are endurable if you have freedom in Christ. And if you know that you're serving, God is your master overall. Uh, so serve him, servants of Christ, wherever you are, whatever you're called to do. So first of all, uh, be good slaves. Be good slaves. Now this addresses a bigger work ethic. It's not just for slaves. But again, the point is to serve Christ in your current condition, and as we'll see, if you're in a bad situation, you should seek to set yourself free. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Beginning in verse 18. Actually, begin in verse 17. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts nor for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called, do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freedman of the Lord. Likewise, he was free when he called when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price, do not become bondservants of men so brothers in whatever condition each was called there let him remain with god again you were bought with a price do not become bond servants of men in other words understand your higher calling in life understand first and foremost and first and foremost importance is that you're under a yoke of christ that your whole life is devoted to him we profess that we don't belong to ourselves but we belong to our faithful savior is that true or are we compartmentalizing our lives putting some things under the rule of christ and other things that we want to own ourselves we want to own ourselves we we belong to live for and we're ultimately serving christ we want to avoid the danger of compartmentalizing our lives everything in our lives belongs to christ true in other aspects not just the workplace it's true in our families it's true in whatever we pursue and so don't compartmentalize your life bring it all under the reign and rule of christ again we say i'm not my own but belong to my faithful savior and we should ask ourselves am i devoted to serving the lord in every area of life it's not as if you live as a christian at home and then you go out into the workplace and you're something else. It's not as if you go to school and you're someone else than you are in church or in home. If you're if you're going into the workplace does suddenly your focus become different where your mini god becomes your boss? Your mini god becomes your success? Your mini god, your idol becomes money and that's ultimately who you're working for that's ultimately what you're living for do those things become your gods for those of you who are in school does your reputation or your popularity or your status or your academic achievements your musical abilities your sports abilities do those things become the god that you serve when you're in school out of school in church and in your families you profess christ but you have other gods that you're serving out in the work a day school a day world so to speak see we need to be constantly aware that we were created and recreated for god's glory and that we serve christ above all and so the first thing is to understand our yoke our being bound to christ and then through that we honor honor God in the workplace. It all translates into how we manage our life and how we interact with others. And so we think about the models of service in submission first to Christ and then to others. I'll have you turn to one more passage. Here is Paul writing to Titus who's on the Greek island of Crete. Very similar responsibilities that Timothy has in Ephesus. Titus chapter 2 beginning in verse 7. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of our Savior. A solid Christian work ethic goes a long way in the workplace. Now, in some cases, and hopefully in most cases, our employers will appreciate a solid Christian work ethic and true Christian convictions, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't always go that way, and sometimes it can end up causing trouble in the workplace and sometimes will stop a promotion from being had but a solid christian ethic in the workplace is what we need to be about not taking advantage of the fact that our employers may be christians you notice that paul pointed that out in our passage that can often happen we think that because our bosses are christians we don't have to work as hard or we can take advantage of the situation but Paul's saying, don't do that. Don't fall into that temptation. Even, even more so, work more diligently. Always be a good worker to the glory of God, but even more diligently do so because your brother or sister in Christ is, is profiting from your hard work. Rejoice in that. It's, that. it's that scriptural command to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Might be hard when your boss is making a lot more money than you are, but that's kind of the principle here. Now there is a negative, a negative side of that. fact of the matter is you might have a great Christian work ethic in the workplace and no one may ever peg you as a Christian per se. Maybe they'll notice that you do have a standout attitude in the workplace, standout work ethic, but they might not necessarily say, oh, he's a Christian by the way that he works. But I can tell you this, and according to what Paul says, if, they know you're a christian and you have a bad work ethic be sure that they'll know that and that it will bring dishonor to god even cause them to blaspheme him pretty strong words pretty strong words but the way we conduct ourselves in the workplace is a witness to those we work for and it's a witness to our co-workers As well as, if there's anyone under our authority, witnesses to them. But again, if we have the wrong attitude, we can really mess things up, ruin our witness. See, our goal is to glorify God in all that we do, right? And Paul says that will bring dishonor to his name. Remember in scripture, when we talk about the name of God, we're talking about the person of God but we as Christians literally bear the name of Christ. And if we as Christians are misbehaving in any realm of life, but including the workplace, if we're slouching or whatever it might be, we're going to bring dishonor to his name. Conversely, we'll honor God if we behave rightly and work for him in the workplace. Interestingly, he says, you'll also honor his teachings. doctrine how does that work well imagine if there was a, a a doctrine that said you can be right with god you can be holy you can do all these wonderful things but in the workplace you can slouch off in the workplace you can pilfer and all those other things that were mentioned that would defame the doctrine the consistent doctrine that we find in scripture well finally this and it's to drive it home one more time here at the end embracing this principle that our entire lives and all that we do whatever we do is to the glory of God we don't belong to ourselves and even in the workplace it's not all about us we're bound to Christ and this needs to be the driving force behind all that we do and in the workaday world again it's probably nothing new to any of you maybe a good reminder this morning maybe it will transform your thinking But remember, ultimately, that you work for your master, who is the Lord in heaven. The Lord in heaven. I can say that in Covenant Church, I have seen a phenomenal work ethic among our people. Not to give you big heads, but it's it's very impressive, the seriousness with which you pursue your vocations, your occupations, even those of you who are retired, the things that you're pursuing with vigor, and with a sense that you are under God's rule and under his reign. Students, I trust the same is true for you, that that the number one thing in your life is to glorify God and enjoy him and to exalt the name of Jesus to whom you profess to belong. So remember, in all things, you don't belong to your master, you don't belong to your boss, you don't belong to an institution, you don't belong to money. You don't belong to popularity. You don't belong to your grades. You don't belong to your physical strength. You belong to Jesus Christ, your Savior. Always remember whose you are and make it your life's goal and your regular day-in and day-out practice to honor and glorify God. May God grant us the grace to glorify him wherever we are in life, in every area of life, let's pray. Almighty God, we do thank you that we can truly say, we can truly say that we don't belong to ourselves anymore and that ultimately you are our good master who is so good to us and so kind, so worthy of everything that we are in our worship, in our devotion, in our family life, in our single life, if that's our calling, whatever it is, Lord, it belongs to you. And Lord, in our workaday life and in our lives as students or whatever it is, in our retirement, we pray that we would understand that there's, there's no compartment in our life that doesn't, that doesn't belong to you, that isn't marked by the ownership of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, where we've held anything back, we pray that we would surrender all of our life every single inch of our lives to you and to your lordship and help us to serve you well that we might glorify and honor you before watching eyes we come to you in the name of our savior and lord jesus christ amen